Vomit Monsters by Joe Prossett. Oh God, here it comes again. The creature stretches my esophagus wide. Its stiletto legs jab and claw its way up. I gag, cough. It feels like throwing up broken glass or a wad of barbed wire the size of a softball. My neck bulges out. By the time those 16D nail legs reach my throat and start to pull its thorax into my mouth, I'm relieved. The worst part, its trip up its backwards birth canal, is almost over. I open wide. The thing's pointed legs reach out past my lips like a drowning man reaching out of a lake. The legs grip flesh and I feel it pull itself loose. It falls out of my mouth, as eager to exit me as I am to have it out. The vomit monster tumbles to the snow and slush mixture that covers the alley behind Jean's Irish pub and drags a string of saliva and bile out of my mouth along with it. I'm on all fours, half drunk, my knees wet and my hands numb from the cold. Back in the bar when I felt the thing start to crawl up from my guts, I dedicated myself to one sole purpose. Get away from anyone who might see and get rid of the beast. It writhes in the snow and slush and drool only for a few seconds, just enough time to sort out up from down. Then, like a newly birthed zebra, it puts its pointed lobster-like legs against the concrete and starts to scramble out of the alley. It's small, despite how big it felt coming up, about the shape and size of a Coke bottle. Its mouth is as wide as the bottom of a bottle and its tail turned to a nub about as wide as a cap. It's pale and hairless and wrinkled like those cats that look like demons. Its pink skin suggests it's some kind of mammal. Its legs say crustacean. Its sphincter-like mouth with its rings of teeth say it's part lamprey. I say 100% abomination. It scrambles and squirms to the entrance of the alley. No one can ever know about this. I put one boot underneath me and then the other. I stagger on two uncertain feet, but just for a moment. No time to dawdle. I pull the 1911 45 caliber ACP from the inside of my soiled Carhartt coat and level the tritium sights at the squirming's retreating vomit monster. I thumb off the safety and pull the trigger. The thing explodes just two feet from the street side. The echoes off the walls of the alley make my ears ring like I just left a Motley Crue concert. I put the safety back on and pocket the gun. The stomach acid dangles off my sleeve after I wipe it off my chin. I kick the remains of the creature aside and head back to the bar. There is not much left of it. As I reach the sidewalk and street front, it's clear no one heard the gunshot. Jean's Irish pub is warm and loud. The place smells like people, beer, and the free popcorn out of the machine in the back. It's Friday night. The place is packed. Bob Seger is on the radio. As I move through the crowd, I burp and self-consciously wipe my mouth for leftover drool. I weave past the last few patrons between me and the bar and my stool comes into view. I wasn't gone long, but I see three shot glasses lined up in front of my empty stool. Hank and Tommy are on either side. Hank spots me first. Hey Aaron, we got a little surprise for you, he calls to me. Three wise men, Tommy says. We did ours, now you gotta do yours. They pat my back and rough me up a little as I sit down. All in fun, of course. I look at the three shots, all lined up like Civil War soldiers ready to die in battle. Jim Bean, Jack Daniels, and Jose Cuervo, the three wise men. Yeah. That's when Barb comes up on the other side of the bar. Barb. She had to be smoking hot back in her day. These days, her face was wrinkled, eyes a bit baggy, tits a bit saggy, 
Still, she looks damn good for her age. After the three shots, she'll look even better. I'm no spring chicken either. I can't help but think the things inside of me are there because of something I did or something I am. Ain't no young studs puking up barf babies in the back alley. Should have taken better care of myself. Should have come from better stock. Shouldn't be such a slug. Come on, big boy, Barb says. They ain't gonna drink themselves. I smile at her and take up the first soldier in formation. Jim. Down the hatch. The shot glass makes a heavy knock against the wood bar when I set it down. Now Jack's turn. I shoot it. The whiskey burns especially hot where the creature had scraped with its legs. I hold the jack down and knock the empty glass against the wood. One more. Jose. God, I hate tequila. Oh well. I take up the last standing soldier and dump him down my throat, right past the tongue and straight down the hatch. Ish, that tastes good, I manage to say as I set the last glass down on the bar. Damn, Aaron, you're pretty good at sucking guys down, she says to me. Not as good as me, but you're getting there. She winks as she picks up the glasses and wipes away with a rag what I spilled. I admit it, I love trashy women. Hank whoops. Tommy shoves my shoulder. They swear and laugh. They're good drinking buddies, almost good enough for me to forget what's been coming up from inside of me. My head spins. Another three drinks like that and I just might forget. Hank slides a can of beer into my hand. I wash out the residual burn of whiskey and tequila. My throat is soothed by the cold beer. Good for the mind, good for the body. I put elbows on the bar and cross my right arm under my left. My right hand rests inside my coat and my fingers run along the terrain of the 45. It's comforting, knowing whatever comes out of me, I can put down with a 50 cent bullet. As long as I have the gun, I know I'm okay. I usually don't carry when I drink. It's not responsible. I didn't used to carry at all. It was unnecessary. Now, with these things coming up out of me every other day or so, I always carry. Hank and Tommy joke and laugh and bitch about how our shitty football team is playing this year. I ignore them. My hand tucked inside my coat probes my stomach, feeling for more of those Coke bottle-sized parasites. How many have come out of me now? When will I run out of these things? How are they getting inside of me? Some really bad food I ate, maybe? Had to be. I guess they had to start out small and grow inside of me like some giant mutated tapeworm. First time I puked one, I was on the job, installing traffic signs for the city. We were in on the edge of town where things always get a little weird. Just our work truck and oak trees stripped of their leaves. Bitter cold out that day. Nowhere to hide. I had to go to the other side of the work truck to hawk up the little bald lobster weasel stomach slug. Lucky enough, we were done installing the sign by the time I had the thing up and out of me. I stared at the thing like it was an alien dropped off from Mars as it twisted and curled on the ice and pavement. Eventually, Hank yelled for me to get my ass in the truck. I'm sure the creature froze to death out there in the cold. For Christ's sake, I hope it froze to death. The second one killed my dog. Well, it would've if I hadn't put a bullet through it and threw poor old Max's head all in one shot. I buried both of them in my backyard. Couldn't bring him into the vet, not with that thing latched onto him. Even after I put a bullet through it, the creature's mouth was clamped tight to the base of my dog's neck, just below the collar. Couldn't pry it loose, not even with a screwdriver. It's a damn shame. I love that dog more than any human I know. The third one I was ready for. Had the 45 loaded and ready on my nightstand. Woke up right out of dead of sleep as soon as it started to crawl up my throat. Even made it to the toilet. Had to buy a new toilet after I made my deposit in the bowl and went about blasting it to shards. 
killed the creature, though. Number four is a splatter in the alley out back. And they were becoming more frequent. Shit, I haven't even installed the new toilet yet. I take a long pull of the beer. Beer will always help me forget. Besides, there can't be too many more left in me. If I had any say over it, I'd go out back and puke the rest out right now. Just so long as no one found me. No one can know about this. They'll quarantine me, operate on me, do news reports. Might as well put me in a circus sideshow. Come see the monster puking man. No thanks. I can handle this without any special attention. Hey, I nudge Hank. Did I tell you my dog died the other day? What'd you say? The music is loud. I lean over and yell in his ear. My dog died. Max, he died. Oh shit, I'm sorry, man. That sucks, he says back. He lifts up his beer. To your dog. I lift up my beer. Hank yells to Tommy. Hey, you too. What? We're drinking to Aaron's dog, he yells. His dog? Yeah, his fucking dog died the other day. Raise your drink, Hank yells. Then Barb comes back over. Hey, whoa, what are you guys drinking to? Aaron's dog, Hank yells and slurs. Little fucker keeled over. Your dog died, she asks. I nod. Well, I'm drinking too then, she says and pours herself a shot. To, what was your dog's name? Max, Hank yells. To Max, Barb says, and we all bring our drinks together. Cans don't really clink the way a good toast should. Still, I drink. To Max. I watch Barb walk away with her empty glass. Her ass is a better distraction than the beer. Big and round and just the right amount of bounce. Not bad. Not bad at all. I could be satisfied here in this moment with Barb and the guys, with a good buzz and my free hand touching the pistol grip of the 45, with my barf babies blown apart in the alley or frozen solid along the side of some dark and empty road on the way out of Dead Oaks. I could watch that ass all night. So of course I start to feel another one tickling the bottom of my throat. I don't know how deep down my esophagus my nerves start, but that's where I feel the creature, at the very bottom. Fuck. Another one. How? How many are there? Maybe I'm being paranoid. Maybe it's just the alcohol. Tequila never set well with my stomach. Maybe I can just throw up some gas station hot dogs and chicken wings instead of a hellspawn mutant tapeworm. Maybe, if I'd eaten the bones with the chicken wings. I have no idea what the things are crawling up out of me, but they're sharp. I start to herk. If I don't leave now, I'm going to birth this one right here in the bar. Right in front of Hank, Tommy, Barb, and all the other lowlives blowing their Friday paychecks before Saturday's sunrise. With this crowd, there was no way I was going to make it back out into the alley. Not again. I'm trapped. Stuck here, surrounded by a hundred assholes with a monster crawling up my guts. Barb. I watch her move her ass past the three of us and head to the women's room. Good idea. Fantastic idea. The men's room is right next to the women's. No way I can make it outside to the alley, but if I can make it to the bathroom stall... Gotta go, I manage to say to Hank and Tommy. I shove my way from the bar and start forcing myself through the crowd. Oh god, this one's coming quick. I try to hold it down as if I can squeeze my throat tight enough to force it back down. It's no use. This one is aggressive, climbing up my throat like a monkey on a ladder. A bald little monkey with knives for hands and the sarlacc pit for a mouth. I shove the last drunk between me and the men's room out of the way. I dare not talk or the little bastard at the back of my mouth will come shooting out of me. The guy bitches, but I push open the bathroom door and duck inside faster than he can protest. 
The thing is almost up. I feel its spiky legs dig into my tongue and the roof of my mouth. It's a small bathroom, one sink, one pisser, one toilet stall. And what do you know, there's one son of a bitch in the stall. I hear it flush and have hope. I pull on the stall door just as the guy inside turns the latch. I almost rip the flimsy door off the hinges. Jesus, man, he says. I want to scream at him to get the hell out of my way. What I'm able to get out is an onomatopoeia that sounds something like, <laughs> The stiletto spikes of the creature are protruding through my clenched teeth like the fangs of the predator from the Arnold movie. I don't have time to remember what it was called. I'm puking a fucking demon up here. The guy recoils from me and dips out of the bathroom as fast as he can. I slam the shitter stall door behind me but don't have time to latch it. So it just bounces back open. Fuck it. I collapse in front of the porcelain god and loosen my clamped jaw. The creature jumps right out. It misses the toilet and lands somewhere behind the bowl, knocking over the plunger sitting on a piss-stained paper plate. The creature's hard-tipped legs click and clack against the syrup's sticky tile floor. It slips behind the bowl before I can get the 1911 out of my coat. I push myself away from the toilet with my boots and point the gun. This one is quick. It scrambles out under the stall wall before I can fire a shot. I fire a shot anyway. Shards of tile spray out from the bullet hole in the floor. The stall door swung back shut so I shove it open again and come out of the stall on my feet. The barrel of my 45 scanning for the vomit monster. It's quick. Under the pisser. Under the sink. I can't get a shot. Just then, some numbnut opens the bathroom door and out it goes. This moron, he doesn't even know. He just came in here to tap his keg and found some maniac swinging around a hand cannon like it's got something against men's rooms. He swears and realizes whatever I got going on in here is more important than the pressure in his bladder. He leaves the men's room and I'm right on his heels. As soon as I'm back in the bar, I bury the 45 inside my jacket but keep my eyes focused on the floor for the creature. I see shoes, work boots, crushed popcorn kernels, old gum. There. Just as I spot the bastard, it slips into the gap under the door of the women's bathroom. Mama raised a gentleman, but there's a time to be a gentleman and there's a time to shoot vomit monsters in the women's bathroom. I shove open the door and step inside. This bathroom is even smaller than the men's. There's one sink, one toilet without stall walls, and Barb sitting on it with her pants around her ankles and my vomit monster in front of her shoes. I freeze, she freezes. She's sitting on the pot, knees in, ankles out, trying to be a lady. Our eyes lock even though we both wish they hadn't. I see her body convulse up from her stomach to her mouth. She tries to say my name but can't. Her eyes plead, but I don't know what for. She hucks again, then again. Then she opens her mouth wide and pointed legs of a vomit monster reach out over her lips. It pulls itself out and plops onto the tile floor. Barb gasps for air, hyperventilates, turns pale. I aim the 45 and shoot twice. My stomach slug first, hers next. They both burst like water balloons. The blood splatters on her clothes and face, but they're gone, and she's okay. I come up to her. It looks like she's about to faint, listing towards the bathroom wall, so I hold her. She's breathing like she ran a marathon. I put her head to my shoulder and say over and over again, it's okay. She breathes heavy and cries. Her torso bucks up from her stomach to her head, but not because she needs to vomit, not now. It's those convulsions of a big cry. Eventually, she settles and asks me, you too? Yeah, I tell her. You and me both. But we got each other now. We'll be okay.
We hope you enjoyed your stay at the Hills. Today's episode, Fallen Monsters, was written by Joey Rosco. Music in today's episode was creepy, written and performed by Nicholas Creeper, and other music courtesy of Purple Planet. Join us in two weeks for the mid-season finale of the Fallen Story, Destinies. For more information, visit www.thehillspodcast.com.